Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we have my good friend and returning guest, Vincent Puglisi of Total Life Freedom. Vincent has a fascinating story. He used to be a sports photographer, and now he helps people achieve total life freedom through business. He's got a new membership. It's only nine bucks a month, guys. Get into that if you have any interest in turning a passion or whatever. You may think it's so random. It's so niche It's like there may be only 5,000 people in the world that even care about this. Vincent will show you that it's possible to turn that into an income that can free you up. He talks about his cousin who you was is a New York Jets fan and turned that passion for the New York Jets into a serious business. Um, this episode is so full of really good nuggets. Uh, we talked about content and connections of how Vincent's primary job right now is to create content through his podcast, through his mastermind group, through this new membership and then creating connections. Those are his two main jobs. And he said that anybody in business, that's what they should be working on doing. And you should outsource the rest or not do the rest um, and have other people come alongside you, build that team. But your primary thing is content and connections. And what's powerful about this is he talks about what kind of life do you want? Let's build a business around the life that you want versus trying to fit your life into your business. So this episode is so full of really good stuff. Go to totallifefreedom.com, totallifefreedom.com. There'll be a link in the show notes below here. Um, if you're interested in jumping into his membership, I highly encourage you check that out. At least watch that video that's on his page there. It's so good. Here's my interview with my friend, Vincent. Vincent, welcome back to Streams of Income. So glad to have you. Thrilled to be back, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. And uh, we right before we were hitting record, we were talking about your schedule. I asked you what your, um, we talked about the weather and it's 77 and gorgeous. 78 in Florida. right 78. now. Yeah. Um, and today's your busy day, but for most day. people, like, tell me about what your schedule was today. Cause busy for you, that's a lot of calls, but for yeah, most people, not, like, that's a light nap. day. Yeah. Tuesdays. I needed a nap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, Tuesday, Tuesday morning. I have a mastermind. So we have a, an elite mastermind that we run in the morning and then we have an yeah. online community. That's the second level to that, that I run a call on at noon. Okay. And then I generally do a podcast interview after that. Yeah, that's my that's my business. like day. five or six hours of being four hours, four hours. That four is, hours. I mean, that might sound like not very much to a lot of people, but if that's back to back to back calls, that is that mentally taxing. You know, I've done hard work before. So my new me, my old me would get mad at my new me yes. for saying it. Yeah. But I do kind of get a little zoom for four hours. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, it's not like you're on like this is easier. It's just you and I and we're talking. Sure. But when you're running a mastermind or you're running a community, like I want to be fully involved. I want to be yeah. scanning the call to see who's thinking this, who's leaning in. Right. Like, I want to be very engaged and I want to be able to call on people, to, not when they expect it. So I don't do anything where it's like, let's run through. So I'm at the bottom of the screen and I go, okay, well, he's not going to get to me till 45. So I'm going to kind of be on my phone. You yes. never know when I'm going to ask you a question because I want everybody to be fully engaged. Yeah, that's good. So I'll leave there and I will be kind of, mentally exhausted but sure it's not it's not digging ditches so i'm not going to complain <laughs> That's right. how does all this compare to i want to get in your get your schedule because it was yeah. 
fascinating that you said that you work really hard on Tuesday and you got a lot of most of the rest of the week to do whatever you want. But yeah. how does this compare to uh, snapping uh, pictures and that schedule you had? Oh, it's it's night and day. Like so, I was yeah. for those that don't know. I, I was. A yeah, let's go into your story too. Yeah, go back. Let's go back to that. Yeah, this world that I'm in now is nothing. My friends from that. I'll give you a funny story. My friend John's the lead photographer for the World Wrestling WWE now. Right, uh-huh. used to be WWF, and they were in town for I don't know if it was WrestleMania. So he's like, "Come on down and had dinner a couple nights." And we're walking yeah. and going to get dinner. And one of the guys we used to shoot with back, so I shot back in the Attitude Era, back when Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh-huh. all that type of stuff. So very tight knit group. So they were asking about me, like, "How's he doing?" Because I'm not in that world anymore. And John was like, "He's doing." He's like, "I don't even know what he does." He's talking about me right now. Right? Yeah. He, he could, and it's not like he asked me, can you explain it? You know, the online world of entrepreneurship and teaching and masterminds, like to them, you might as well be speaking a different language. Yes, that's so it's true. It's nothing, nothing that yeah. they're used to. So it was a slow transition, maybe about seven, six years ago into this. Uh-huh. But the world I used to be was, you know, a, a news and sports and, and uh, you know, a journalist, photographer. And that's so, yeah. it, so this world and that world, the only thing different, the only thing the same is kind of the sky, right? Yeah. And trees. <laughs> But besides that, I don't, I don't recognize, we don't, those worlds don't recognize one. Wow. Was that like, um, I mean, how many hours of work a week did you work in that job? I was pretty consistent. It was, you know, depending if you're freelancing, if I'm freelancing, it's when the phone rings, you know, if I'm working for a newspaper, it's on a schedule. That was, that was what I liked the least. I knew Mm. within a month of taking my first full-time job, Everybody else was so excited. And I remember driving to lunch one day with everybody. It was lunch break at the newspaper. And we're going to this Mexican restaurant. And I'm in the backseat of the car. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't get out. I felt like I was going to jail. I'm not even joking. I'm like, we're going to this restaurant. Yeah. We're going to come back to the office. I've got to work till 7 o'clock. And I'm like, I feel like a prisoner. And they were mm. all just so excited because they got to do the work they loved. But I was a freelance photographer in New York before that. I... Not that I can make my own schedule, but when they called, mm-hmm. I took the assignment or I didn't. Yeah. And there's days I can have like, like you know what? I'm not taking anything today. We're going, you know, here, we're going there. I'm I'm yeah. doing something else. Once I was an employee, even though it was my dream job, because that's when I like shot the Super Bowl, like the president would come to town and yeah. I would be assigned for it. You know, yeah. I, I got so many stories of like I was working in New York and the Dalai not the Dalai Lama was in town for a day. No joke. You walk in and he goes, okay, so your assignment is you're going to spend the day with the Dalai Lama. I'm like, really? Okay. I spent the day with Dalai Lama. That would happen. I got, <laughs> got hired to photograph my wife and I both to fly out to Scottsdale to photograph Muhammad Ali's 70th birthday party. Wow. Four days on Camelback Mountain with Lance Armstrong and wild. just all these huge, you know, Andre Agassi and Steffi, all these. And we're just kind of yeah. mingling with them. And I kind of go, what in the world am I doing here? You That's know. so cool. When you're doing, I don't think I've ever asked you this. When you're on those assignments, obviously you got to be professional. But can you kind of ask them questions? Can you interact with them very much, or do you kind of have to do just to, just mind your own business? It depends on the assignment. Like at a game, I, the way I would joke about it is like we're six inches apart, but a million miles away. Mm. I guess the best way I could say it. Yeah. It. I mean, Tom Brady is right next to me. Yeah. Like I could take his knees out if I want to, right? It was a really weird situation. You're like, if I was really a rabid fan, like I could, I could, I could change the outcome of this game right here, right? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's not like you go, hey, Tom, you know, right. where are we going to dinner tonight? It's like, no, sure. they're in their own world. But yeah. there was very funny moments. Like I was shooting the Super Bowl 
Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, actually. It was uh-huh. in New Orleans. And I'm on the sidelines. And I'm the Rams side. And they're about to kick off. Like, so this is my dream assignment. Grew mm-hmm. up watching the Super Bowl. Now I'm on the side. London Fletcher from the Rams is walking right towards me. The picture I have shows 15 minutes, like the game's about to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the excitement was crazy. You know, Paul McCartney just sung the, sung the national anthem. He's, you yeah. know, 15 yards behind me. Mariah Carey just came off the field from singing. I, maybe she did. They did two different anthems. <laughs> the the Everything's going on. All the celebrities around you. And he's walking right towards me. And I'm shooting pictures of him. And now I notice he's coming even closer to me. But he's making a, like coming right towards me personally. Yeah. And, and he gets so close. And I'm like, what's what's happening here? Comes right up to my camera. Leans over and he goes, you're going to sell those pictures on eBay, aren't you? And he laughed and he grabbed his helmet, put it on and ran out to play in the Super Bowl. And I said, that was the coolest thing that's ever happened. Like, <laughs> like he's like, just joking. And then you go out and play yeah. in front of millions. Of millions. So that would happen often. Like yeah. Antonio Brown, before he lost his mind, like I took a picture of him with, with somebody from the Broncos after a game. And he comes up to me, puts his arm around me. He goes, hey, can I get your email address? Can you? And he goes, here's my email. Send me that picture. Mm. And the PR guy from the Steelers goes, no, 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 no send me the picture like he didn't want me having antonio's sure. email address, but he was so clear like hey you know yeah so i wound up sending it to the pr guy not emailing back and forth with antonio yeah. brown he was so awesome because right now i'd be like what's going on with you right now you know I, i'd have so many questions but you'd have a lot of those interactions yeah um, which were really fun and they make for great stories but everybody goes what made you stop that mm-hmm. um and what i eventually kind of came to the conclusion was was it was all for me Mm, like it was yeah. all for me in these stories yeah like i loved it i loved going to dinner and telling these stories but i kind of became like a cartoon character or a clown in some ways where people wanted to hang out with me or know me because they wanted to hear these stories and they yeah. wanted to tell their friend that my friend's <laughs> traveling to wherever for the super bowl yeah but then they would go to talk to somebody else about a real conversation uh-huh. and i'd be left there like what am i just like the entertainment like that's what it felt like i'm yeah. the entertainment to tell these stories because I remember we were, I shot the Colts Patriots in, in Foxborough for a championship uh-huh. game and the Colts lost. Um, it was the Manning Brady era. Yeah. And I and so I, I don't go to the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is going to be in Houston that year. And I come back and, and our friends have a big party. And so I'm like, I'm going to my wife and I would go to the Super Bowl party and we're watching. It was the Panthers versus the Patriots. And my friend Sean looking at me and I'm like, what are you looking at? He goes, I just find it bizarre that you were we were watching the game here last week and we were watching you on TV and you could have been at the Super Bowl. He was like staring at me. I'm like, this is really weird because it's like <laughs> sports fans. I guess I got into a world that they've never understood yeah. how to get into and I got in there mm. and people found that fascinating. But after a while, it got kind of like, is this who I am? Yeah. Is, is this the best that I've got? Is this all that I'm ever going to deliver to yeah. the world? So I had a real hard, hard year or two contemplating that do i leave this behind you know do i so i got into a mastermind it was my first experience with masterminds about seven eight years ago and that's all they wanted to talk about yeah Mm. so i wanted to get into the world that i'm in now yes you know helping people create a business to create a life of freedom but they were like you got to teach this stuff the photography stuff and i'm like i'm bored out of my mind with i don't want to teach photography i don't want to teach f stuff i don't want to teach any of that stuff um one of doing an online course with a guy named Kyle Schultz. They d- did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but even he said to me, he goes, I don't think this is your passion. Mm. It, it wasn't. It wasn't to yeah. teach parents how to take better pictures of their kids. It was good yeah. for money. Sure. So I had to really have a, you know, one of those moments where like, what are you going to do here? You're mm. going to really go after what you want or are you going to go with the easy thing that That's people so like? Good. 
that was really so challenging. Good. Now that you're past that a little bit, um, yeah. just I, I love just hypothetical. Like if you actually could go, like we're recording this um, two days after the Super Bowl. Yeah. If you could have gone to the Super Bowl this year and re- like you're not committing yourself to do this for the next ten years, yeah. but just like here, like do freelancing again, where yeah. they call you and you get to totally decide if you want to yeah. do it or not. Would you ever go back? Do you miss p- part of that at all? Like being oh, without a doubt. I would do that in a heartbeat. Okay. The problem is to get to the Super Bowl, I'm not going to, it's not the same level, but it's almost like being a player. Yeah. Um, you need to put in the reps. Yeah. 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 You don't just get a call to go to and the And this Super is why it's totally hypothetical. If they called you and you could go do that, just at one event here and there, and it's, oh, it's absolutely. The, the Super Bowls and the fun events that you want to do. Okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. Just curious. 100%. Because yeah. I, I, I still <laughs> have those moments I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> I remember. I remember when that guy knocked me over. You know, I remember being on the field as the as the confetti shooting down. I remember right. all That's of that. That's awesome. And just the like uh, the the moment really was because when I went to be a sports photographer, um, I know it's not what we're talking about today, but when I went to do it, <laughs> I was you know I was struggling. I was 22 yeah. years old. I had mm-hmm. failed out of school. This was my dream, and I went to one of my mom's friends who was a photographer. He was a portrait photographer. And I said, I, I want to be a sports photographer. Like that's my dream. And he and he said, forget it. I'm like, what do you mean forget it? He goes, everybody wants to do that. It's impossible to get into. You're better off doing what I'm doing, portraits and still life. And I'm like, I'd rather you know, jump off a bridge than do portraits and still life. Like that's a le- I'm not looking. To, I'm not looking to be a photographer. I'm looking to have access to the world that I want to get to. That was yeah. my perspective. Mm. So five, six years later, when I went through everything, and then I got the Super Bowl. And I'm in New Orleans. I'll mm-hmm. never forget, you know, because my wife went with me. She was in uh-huh. the press box. And I'll never, ever forget walking through the tunnel uh-huh. and uh, the Superdome and then walking in. Okay, you following all the lines because it's That's just cool. so wild backstage. Yeah. You know, that was, and that was right at the 9-11. So it was the heaviest security of mm. any event, I think, in history. Yeah. Like four checkpoints. Of, it was crazy. Yeah. But I, I'll never forget walking onto the field like you're a player and seeing all the lights, the bright <laughs> lights, and it looked brighter than normal. Maybe it yeah. wasn't, but it felt it. Yeah. And, you, and I'm on the field, and I remember thinking of that guy, mm. and I said, "I did it." Yes. And it was, and I don't really want to prove people wrong, but I wanted I, to prove. Him I understand. Wrong. That's and so cool to walk out. So yeah, that of course I would. I would. Yeah. And they'd have to give me the equipment. I haven't kept up with my equipment. Sure. They'd have to. Give me the equipment, but of course I would love it. <laughs> Is that one of those things that once you've done it before, it's like riding a bike, you've got it. Like you, oh yeah, I don't worry about the, I don't worry about the work side of it. Yeah, you know, because because you've because you've shot hundreds yeah. or thousands of high school games and college yeah. games. Pros in some ways is easier because the athletes are better, mm. but it's so much faster. Yeah, I can imagine. Which is harder. That part's harder, but when you wow. get it, when you get it, you get it. Unlike anything else. Yeah. Are you able to enjoy? Sorry, this is totally not what we were here to talk about. No, we cool. will get, I'm just this is me just being a kid asking yeah. questions because I'm a sports fan. Um, yeah. Are you able to um, enjoy the game at all, or is it totally just no. okay? I didn't think so. No, I, I will call my friends. I'm like, what happened? Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, Bettis ran for 138 yards. Did he really? I don't know. All I know is he's running at me, and I better get the picture. Because you don't even know who scored the touchdown. Sometimes, sometimes you yeah. get the shot, and then you yeah. got to transmit it. Wow. And you go, I think, I think he's having a good game. You know the score because you got to keep attention to what's going on with the game. But I don't know the stats. And they go, Oh, can you believe that penalty? I'm like, What penalty? I was on the other side of the field. I don't know. You need so, somebody right beside you that's able to watch the game and tell you what's going on. Yeah, and I probably should have maybe I had headphones in to listen to it, but then you can't hear the sounds. Yeah, 
because you really want to know if there's like a 300 pound linebacker coming up from behind you is about to take you out because it happens. <laughs> but if I have headphones yeah. in, if I have, I'm listening to a radio, you're going to get clogged. You're not hearing me in trouble. You'll be out yeah. for the game, out for the yeah. season. Oh man. Okay. So you went from that and I know you, didn't you and your wife go into wedding photography? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. around the same time. That's kind of got you into the business world, right? Where you like doing this as a business. Yeah. Well, sports is amazing, but the pay sucks. Mm. Most people don't realize that. It's a, for us, it was a loss leader. It was the first business decision we made because we're going to start a wedding photography business. I'm doing sports freelance. The pay is couldn't be any more different. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we lived in Pittsburgh when we, we had moved from Indiana to Pittsburgh. And what happened was, and it was a really good business move that I didn't think about at the moment. I got a two-page spread in Sports Illustrated, which is my dream to ever get. And it was Sidney Crosby from the Penguins. He got his teeth knocked out in a game. Uh -huh. And then he came back and became the best again. Well, I had a picture that Sports Illustrated loved and they used it. Two-page mm. spread, which was a dream. So I had it in like a briefcase where I kept our wedding albums. Yeah. So I would go for these wedding meetings to meet with a client. And I take out the album and we're talking and showing. And then you can see like the mom, like the dad's there and the bride's there and they're all excited. So it's kind of like, oh, they're choosing between three and four photographers. And then I said, I remember, yeah, I pulled up I'm like, oh, are you guys Penguins fans? I'm like, oh, of course, everybody's in Pittsburgh. So I open it up and I show them the picture and they were like, you shot that? And I said, yeah. And the dad says to You're the, hired. to the, to the bride, she goes, hire him. <laughs> and awesome. she was like, well, this is who we wanted to hire. We wanted to convince you. He goes, no literally wrote the check right there That's which awesome. never happens the next one happens again so now i'm kind of like this is kind of a little bit of a ploy let's do it again let's keep the thing underneath pull it out again mm. you know during a meeting and the dad says literally no joke well if you're good enough for the penguins you're good enough for my daughter <laughs> and i said i got an advantage here that the other photographers don't have oh my so goodness every meeting he's got to make sure make sure you're i can't won't meet with you unless your dad's there that's right. That's right. Or if the mom's a hockey fan, but yeah. um, so that the sports, even on the website, so cool. People, you know, the other photographers had all these glowy wedding portraits, and we had right. real photojournalism along with. Here's me shooting LeBron James. Here's yeah. me shooting Tom Brady. Here's the, yeah, and anybody that was a sports fan mm. chose us. And a lot of times, so cool in wedding photography, you can't get the husband on board. It's the bride's decision. Well, when it came to us, the husband got on board because they wanted to talk to me about sports. Exactly. So, so we started, cool. we started. So, and no joke, there was one wedding, the bride's walking down the aisle and Elizabeth's like, it was ridiculous because Elizabeth was with the brides. I was with the groom up at the front of the altar. Yeah. And she said, as they were walking down the aisle, the bride said to the dad, can you believe I'm going to walk down the aisle and, sh and he's going to take pictures with the same camera that he shot Sidney Crosby with. That was what she said. Right before she went down the aisle, I said, these people take sports a little too seriously, but I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> take awesome. it. When you're a free freelance photographer, do you own the rights to those pictures? Like, can you sell them on eBay? No. Okay. No, no. Okay. When you shoot for Getty or the different magazines, they, they own the copyright. Got to it. That. So you, okay. NFL, they have a, they have a lockdown on that. Yeah. I can imagine. Okay. Yeah. I can give them away, but I can't sell yeah. them. Wow. All right. So we've covered your hit. I, I just love, I, I always enjoy talking to you about your past because i'm also a sports fan but obviously that's not what you want to talk about and that's not what you're doing now and you're obviously helping you way more mind. people <laughs> with what you're doing now than what you were doing then so 
we were talking about your schedule. So mm-hmm. like you tell me about, you, you said before we hit record that you're going to work, work today. And then you got most of the rest of the week off to do what you want. Yeah. What, what are the, what's that like? What do you do? I know you got kiddos and you guys, you're, oh, we have three you're busy kids. homeschools. Homeschool. Yeah. Um, so the idea was when we first started, so our business is called total life freedom. It's yeah. mastermind community and different levels, helping people build a business to create that life of freedom. So I better have it myself if I'm going to teach right. Right. Um, but the idea initially was I want to work on, I want to create this to where I work on Mondays and Tuesdays mm. before it was even a business. That was the idea. So mm. often it's like, you know, and I asked this question of my clients, people that work, what kind of life do you want? Mm. I don't even ask what kind of business they want. I ask what kind of yes. life they want. Because if I want a life where I'm going to travel or I want a life where I want to live in, you know, the coast of Florida and I open up a brick and mortar shop in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, I don't care how good your business is. You're not going to be happy because you're not doing what you want to be doing. Yes. And so often people build the business without thinking about building their yeah. life. Or somebody who like is a, uh, wants to have weekends off, but then goes into wedding photography. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not gonna well, work. What are you thinking? Like, there's a, there's a flying the ointment here. Like we have a problem here. This yeah. you want weekends off or you want to be with your kids. You want to, and you're building a business that goes against that. Mm. So the sooner you can get the financial freedom, even on the lowest form, which is, you know, paying the bills. Right. Mm. So I, I'll joke. I'm like, Hey, you know, generally $6,000 for a lot of people, great majority covers most of your bills. Yeah. If you could build a membership that you're required to work two hours a week and you can make $6,000 a month from it on a basic level, just the basic level. Yeah. What could you do that? Yes. And they go, wait a second. It pays all my bills. It only takes a couple hours. Now I can write that book. Now I can build the network. I can do the connection. I can do all the things that are not in desperation yeah. to build what I really want to build. And you said mm-hmm. that like with Amazon, a lot of people aren't always in Amazon because they love it, but it's a means to an end to get them to the next level. Yes. Well, I'm here like, okay, now how do we, how do we take that and create what you really want? So mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about that. Even with ourselves, it's almost obsessive where it's like, okay, things are good. But I'm thinking, what do I want three years from now? What kind of life yeah. do I want? And what kind of work yeah. do I want to be doing? So yeah. that's the path that I, I like to go down. And so so we we created it that we would work on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then it shrunk and shrunk so and shrunk. Awesome. And it's all about how do we optimize it? So I have two calls on Tuesday. If I do a podcast interview Tuesday, I have one other call that I'm not required to be on on Thursday that we run for the mastermind for the community, mm-hmm. but other people run it. And that's what I have on my schedule blocked off for the week. So what does tomorrow look like for you? Wednesday. Well, call me tomorrow. I'll tell you. I, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you know, literally tomorrow? wake up with the, there's no certain plan. You don't have any, anything you have to do. Will you even like open up your email? Will you do any of that? Is, yeah. is, like, is yeah. it just kind of go with the flow, whatever? It's it's hard. Like I can tell you specifically tomorrow, but it's not going to make sense in the, yeah. in the, in the realm of, of this conversation, mm-hmm. but it, but it comes down to sitting down and knowing this is the way I look at it. I want to live a life where I'm not doing anything urgent. Yeah, for the most that's part. good. And when when you say, what do you need to get done this week? When people answer that, it's usually because it's urgent. Got to get these emails yeah. out. Got to work with this client. Got Yeah. So in my community, I say, what do you have to do that is important but not urgent? Stephen Covey, Seven Habits Stuff, mm-hmm. Quadrant Two. If you read that book, that's where we want to live our life is Quadrant Two, important. Mm-hmm but not urgent. So yeah. we're not putting out fires. We're not scrambling around. We're not stressed out. We're doing things that is going to make next year better. Mm. 
because I got everything I need today. Most people have everything they need today. Yeah. Even if you're not doing as well, even when I was broke, I had everything I needed today. Yeah. So if you're good today, all that matters is three years from now. Mm. That's the way I look at it. So everything I do, relationships, how we handle money, how I build things, it's how is this going to make three years from now better? That's why when people say, how are you able to do all this stuff? Because I'm always doing the work for three years from today, not for today. Yes. That's so good. Um, what are those things to you that are in quadrant two? What are those important but not urgent tasks that you do? It's content and connection. Yep. That, that's all. It's con- content and connection and then the business side of it, the sales yep. side of it. Yeah. But most people neglect both of those. I, I, you know, I've told you this. I use the idea of a confluence. We lived in Pittsburgh for 11 years. Pittsburgh is a confluence. It's two rivers that come together that form a third more powerful river. Mm. And I was in Pitt, we were doing one of our retreats. And I'm like, this is a, a really great business analogy. Meaning, you know, there's these two rivers. Like, so the third river doesn't just happen. It's not just there strong. It's there because these other two rivers. And yeah. so people get so confused with business sometimes. I got all these tests, got all this stuff. I'm like, no, it's really just in my world, it's content and connection. Mm. If you do the right content the right way and you build your network and your connections the right way, meaning mm. not for short-term gain, for yeah. long-term gain, that's yeah. what separates me from relationships is essentially a lack of integrity or a lack of long-term thinking or relationship. I yeah. need this now. I'm going to shortchange something. I'm going to screw something up for my own benefits. That's yeah. where I separate, right? Mm-hmm. So connection and content, when each one is its own separate river that flows. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my weekly newsletter. I'm doing my podcast. I'm putting out free content. I'm putting out paid, all that type of stuff consistently, getting yep. better at it, gaining attention that way. It yes. takes a year. It right? takes time to build that stuff up. But any river, you know, the Allegheny in Pittsburgh starts 80 miles upstream yeah. as a tiny little stream. Mm. Nobody would ever imagine that that's going to turn into a major city. But water keep, keeps raining. The riverbed goes a little bit deeper. That's creating consistent content. Same yes. thing with the connections. You're reaching out yeah. to people. You're connecting people together. You're, yes. you're, you're doing it with character and integrity. You're doing it the right way. That, when those two meet, mm. right? That's when the third river, which is commerce, that's or cash. That's where the money happens. Yeah. I had a friend that was writing a book and just had this conversation recently. And he's like, I just want to write the book. I don't really want to do a blog. I don't really want to do content. He doesn't really reach out to people because he's just focused on writing the book. So I gave him the analogy of the three rivers. And I said, you're basically taking this book. You're putting it in the third river with no water running to it and expecting a boat to get there. Mm. Is anybody ever going to see this? You don't have any content. You don't have any connection. How are they ever going to get there? Yeah. And he got that. He goes, man, you're right. He goes, and, and that's mm. why so many books never get traction, why so many podcasts never get traction. They're not doing these things consistently. But when you get there, mm. that's when those come together, it's called the point. Even in Pittsburgh, it's called the point. Yeah. The funny thing about it, you know, the, you know, the analogy that I use, like the stadium analogy that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. But ironically, that's where the stadiums are in Pittsburgh. And so what I use is when you build these rivers to build that third river, which is where the money comes in with the businesses. That's also in Pittsburgh where they build the stadiums that have where all the people gather and there's tears to it. Mm. Meaning they play one game. They're not confused with their product. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers are not confused with their product. They're not trying to play cricket in Aliquippa. (laughs) They're not doing racquetball in West Virginia. They play football on this one field. 
And if people can get this with business, what is the game that you play? Mm. I know clearly what the game is that I play. And now I realize I don't have to have one offer. I don't need to say, you know, this is the price, right? The whole thing of like charge what you're worth. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's a client at every price point Mm -hmm. and sports will show you that Mm -hmm. you go to a football game and you can listen to it for free. They put content out for free. You can listen on the radio. You can pay a couple bucks and watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. Well, you get interested. You become a fan. They win you over. You go to a game, go to the upper level, cheap mm-hmm. seats. Yep. Now you're in the stadium. Now you don't get the access of the people down below, yep. but I've paid just to be in the stadium. So for those listening, this is an, your equivalent of what we talk about an internet marketing funnel, which is yeah. the, the people at the top. May, they may be listening to your podcast. They're not paying anything to listen to that. They start to know, like, and trust you. Yep. Then they may, oh, I'm going to buy Vincent's new book. Then now they're at the paid level. And that, that you want some of them, you want a lot of them to go down where they're, you know, paying higher price, but that mm-hmm. takes time. Um, but I just want people to know that this is just another way to look at this. And for sports fans, this is going to be a more fun way to look at this. Well, because we all do it, right? Yeah. If you're a sports fan, you've been through it. You, you, you've listened to the radio for two years and you go, that was kind of exciting. We'll have to go to a game. Then yeah. you go and you go, this is awesome. But, you know. I'm at the top of the stadium and, and oh, down there, they're catching foul balls. Like how yeah. much are those tickets? Well, that's about 50 bucks more. Okay. Now I have a little more access, get a little closer. You catch a foul ball, but then you look down below and they go, wait a second. You know, they're getting autographs. They're meeting players down there. How yeah. much is that? That's a hundred bucks more. <laughs> Maybe for your birthday, you know, a special occasion. And then they look around, there's luxury bots. Oh, that's where the business people go. Yeah. And they spend big money because now they're doing business together. Oh, there's fantasy camp. That's 10 times as much. And you get to play with the yeah. Hall of Famers. And then you yeah. go through the concourse and they're selling all the stuff, different stuff. And I'm like, this is the most brilliant business model I've ever seen. Yeah. You write books and courses that goes in the concourse. You have a membership. It's up here. You have coaching or access or live events. You yeah. just shape out your stadium. You yeah. know what game you play. You drive the traffic through the confluence there. And it's not that complicated, but yeah. it's not being taught enough to yes. do it. And to do it, what I would say is the right way. Yeah. And it's also not necessarily like people think you have to have, like for you, your message is total life freedom. It's not, you're not, you're at those lower levels that people are paying more for. It's usually just greater access to you. It's, you're not having to come up with brand new, fresh content. You're probably teaching the same thing, or you should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can add different. You were talking about having a, a private podcast for certain people at a certain level, but it's the same content. You're just, you're giving them exclusive access behind the scenes stuff. It might be a mastermind where they actually, like you do this, you people get to come to your house. Yes. That costs more than me listen, buying into your new membership. Um, because that's greater access to you. And so people think it's, oh, it's, you got to do all this. It's You have to do different things. It's it's no. just different access, same content. The, the people that can get confused are the ones that feel like they have to do all this. I need multiple yeah. streams of income, which is a great thing and a terrible thing. Because mm. some people say that me that's me investing in real estate here. That's me doing a service-based business over here. That's me taking something completely different for parenting and do it over here. That's yes. why you're confused. And that's why you're, yes. that's why you're, overworked and burnt out yeah just imagine a sports team so people with the sports theme that's like i'm gonna build these little stadiums all over the state and Mm. we're gonna run our team ragged trying to do different things for different people and and only a handful of people showing up in each place Mm. same thing yeah whereas no this is where we play right here 
And we might have might not have a big stadium to start or big audience, but if we keep playing this game and we keep broadcasting it, we keep doing well and get better. But like you said, we talk about you know the new membership we just launched, you know, low price thing. Yeah, is a lot of stuff that comes from our mastermind. But in our mastermind, we spend two hours diving in individually. That's yep. valuable to those people. But we yep. can take nuggets of that, almost like a donut, right? Yeah, there's a donut, the donut hole. The donut hole. Well, it's, you're going to throw it out. No, just glaze it and then sell that, <laughs> which, which is more popular in some ways. So yeah. you have this content that you can repurpose mm. in different ways for different levels of access. I love that. That's brilliant. How many people wanna, do you think are donut. missing these um, missing these tiers? Like people that are coaches, for example, that just have one stream of income. In order to scale that, they just have to book more people. Yeah. Um do you think like a lot of people are missing the stadium analogy? They're only selling one level of the stadium. Totally. And 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 for a couple of different reasons. They're they're seeing one thing. I've I have somebody that talked to me, he's like built a three thousand dollar course mm-hmm. and he's not selling the course. Mm-hmm. And I'm like banging my head against the wall. I'm like, did did anybody ask for a three thousand dollar course? Did you do market research on it? Did you talk to people? No, they created it. Okay, well. I wish we would have talked earlier because that's that was probably a story you'll tell later about a mistake you did because you know technology gets outdated. You got to redo it. Nobody yeah. asked for a three thousand dollars course, but could you have taken that and turned it into a membership mm-hmm. where you get it gets dripped out? Could you have turned it into a lower priced thing that you know? Hey, yep. maybe once a week you get a lesson for. It. Maybe you could build a community around. There's so many tiers to it that could have been done. Yes, and and they miss out on it for sure. Mm. You said something earlier that was so powerful. I think it was before we hit record. If I pay your bills for a year, but you have to work, what do you do? Yeah, that's the question that you ask. So walk us through that and think about like the the people that are coming into your membership. How do you get them started? What's that path that you help them design? I love your analogy. You're designing that life first. Like, what do you want your life to look like? Let's not pigeonhole your business into your life. Let's figure out first what your life, what you want. To your life to look like and yeah. then let's find a business that matches that and that's why it's way more individual than hey just just listen to this content and i'll help you well i you know you can help somebody walk brilliantly walk through an amazon business but what if that's not the life that i want to be doing yeah if i want to be doing that now ryan's reputable but it's like the whole analogy of like don't don't climb the ladder on the wrong building. Don't put your ladder against the wrong. Mm. So what do you want? Like talk to your spouse. What kind of life? Like, so we, we envisioned that. And the word that kept coming back to us, that's why we built the business around it was freedom. Mm. I didn't want to wake up to an alarm clock. We both know Dan Miller. Dan Miller has been a huge influence in my life. And he's like, I never wake up to an alarm clock. I wake up naturally and I do the work that I want to do. So for me, it's, it's having conversations. It's honestly, it's one-on-one conversations. It's, it's writing blog posts, it's writing books, it's it's recording, it's all the different things in terms of the content that I want to create. Mm-hmm. Again, confluence, content and connections. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I have two hours of great content creation one day and two hours of great conversations by 11 o'clock in the morning, I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Because mm. if you think about it, content's being created, now let's put it out the right way. Connection and relationships have been built, networks been built. Great yeah. conversations. I'm going to use that. Con- I'm going to use that connections and conversations for more content. Mm, that's and good. I'm going to use that content that forms more relationships. It's like tributaries in a river. That's why that mm. analogy works. By the time you get to what your product is, they've already asked you for it. Yeah, they've already told you what they want. Yeah. Now go create it. That's yeah. the way it, it's. It's actually that's good. 
not that confusing when you see it that way. Okay. But most people don't have the conversations. So my days are spent, you know, I got it from the book, The Prosperous Coach, one of my favorite books. If you want to be a great coach, fill your day with interesting conversations. Mm. But everybody says you can't scale that. No, you can't scale that, but you will have great network relationships. You have great friendships and you will learn more from those conversations than listening to any course. Mm. They will tell you exactly what they're struggling with. Yeah. If you want to be a coach, answer their questions and get better at it. And then take that content and write about it. And Mm -hmm. then figure out a formula for it to teach it to sell that. Mm -hmm. And then build everything. That's I mean, you can create a stadium from almost any one of these things. And the idea of a micro niche or a custom niche, which is like, how do you take something really unique that you have within an industry and a price point, put it together like nobody else has done? Yeah. My second cousin's a huge New York Jets fan. I wrote about him in my book. And my my cousin was so worried about him for years because he all he wanted to do was watch New York Jets games and 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 break it down. She's like, "What about school?" He didn't care about school. Well, I told her he's gonna be just fine. He reminds me so much of me. Well, now at 21 years old, he started writing blog posts. He got so noticed because he's so good in his micro niche that New York media started noticing him and quoting him. <laughs> That's awesome. One of the guys that started a membership for Jets fans asked him to come on, come on as a partner because his analysis was unlike anybody else. Now he's a partner in Jets Extra, which is a membership. And then they, my my cousin sent me a video last week. If anybody's in New York, WFAN is the biggest sports radio show station in New York. They did a five minute segment praising him as the best Jets coverage in New York, going back and forth. It was hysterical. That's incredible. You that would have been. of advertising. Yeah. Right. To get that big of a spot. And all because he did something so unique that he loved. And he would do it for free anyway. Mm. So that's where that question comes from. If I paid your bills for a year. Yeah. But you had to work. You're not Mm. sitting at the beach. You got to create exactly what you want to create with no excuse of Mm. time and money. What would it be? Like I said to you, 80% of the people that I ask tell me it's different than what they're doing, even even still being in business for themselves, they would yeah. they would do it differently than what they're doing. And that tells me people aren't creating exactly what they aren't living the life or the business that they really want to do. Yeah. I think a conversation with somebody like you would be helpful because if I was that person with your cousin with the, you know, I'm, I'm just a Jets fan and a massive Jets fan and I want to break down numbers and all that, I wouldn't see the path forward for turning that into income. So mm-hmm. for somebody that's listening who has a passion like that. Maybe it's something just like sports or something that they don't see in their head, how to turn that into a business. You and I could probably get on a call with and help them think oh, through that. But what would most, you the most fun tell them I to do to besides getting into your membership, which is what they need to do, because that's going to help them imagine, open the eyes up, open their eyes to what's possible. But take me back with your cousin several years ago to where, what would you how would you coach him into turning that into an income? Like with your your method of content and connections, yep. what would you tell him to do if he had to rewind and start all over again to get where he is now? Yeah, those, great question. Those, those actual tasks. Yeah, well, there has to be content creation. Has to be. You know, now we're overrun with content, right? In this world right now, it's hard to, somebody told me recently, it's like, I feel like I'm I'm screaming into a vacuum. Mm. because there's so much noise but there's not noise in micro niches there's not noise in 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 custom niches he created his own right so he did something that others just did not do so that's where it is what is unique about the way that you would go about it 
Mm-hmm. You it could be a homeschool parent. You could be a yoga instructor. When you can figure out what it is that you're passionate about talking about, and mm-hmm. you can do it, but but it's not that general, right? John Lee Dumas was on a call with our mastermind one time, and he, and he explained it this way, which I loved. He goes, "There's a million yoga podcasts, but then you have the the pregnant yoga person, right? Okay, now we've now we've narrowed it down. The pregnant vegan yoga instructor." Well, guess what? You've eliminated a lot of people, mm. but you've got your exact avatar right there. And you would say, so some people would say, well, Vincent, that's just way too nitty. There may be like only 5,000 people in the world that, that fit that niche. What do you tell them then? Maybe, maybe, but it's not, a, okay, example of what we're doing, right? We just launched last week a new level to our membership. It's $9 a month. Uh-huh. The way I joke is like you spent more for a bad burrito last week than that. So, so you're not going to tell me it's money that's a problem, right? Right. Yeah. And it's a weekly, in-depth video lesson that's no more than twenty minutes, mm. giving you homework and instruction, step-by-step detail. Twenty minutes. So, yeah. what are the two excuses people have? You probably hear it all the time. Don't have the time. Don't have the money. Yeah. So I went into it saying, these are the problems. Yeah. These are what stops people. I'm going to eliminate their problems before they even get there or excuses. You're going to do it or you're not going to do it, right? Yes, exactly. So so look at mine, which is more of a broader niche, entrepreneurship, freedom. Yeah. Even still, $9 a month. Mm-hmm. What do people want to make? Generally, they'll tell me I want to make $10,000 a month recurring income. If I can make $10,000 a month recurring income, then I could do what I want, right? Yeah. Not suspiciously, $9 a month at 1,000 people is $9,000 a month, $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. right? To do exactly what you want to do. You need a thousand people to do that. It's exactly yeah. Kevin yeah. Kelly's thousand raving fans, thousand yeah. true fans. Yeah. And also uh, Pat Flynn has a book, uh, super fans. He, he talks about, you only need a, you don't need thousands and thousands. No. Yeah. So I am completely convinced 15 years ago. I wasn't when people, I would say like, you can't just do whatever you want to do. You've got to find a problem and solve, right? I believe in that too. But in the world of this of this custom niche world, yeah. you could be a Star Wars fan and yeah. start a community or a membership around you know this aspect of Star yeah. Wars, yeah. right? You could be an Indianapolis Colts fan and do a specific type of content or podcast on them. You yeah. go down uh, the the example that just blew me away was a friend told me about a woman that has a Doodler membership community. Mm. I'm not talking about professional doodlers. I'm talking about you turning over a notepad and doodling because you like to doodle. That's a membership. Okay. Wow. It's $5 a month uh-huh. and she has thousands of people in it. <laughs> that works. If that, if that doesn't tell you that you can create whatever you want, all you need are a handful of people in your specific niche. And here's yeah. the deal. You have no competition because everybody's building their own micro niches. Yes. So I created my own. I don't need yeah. that many. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if two thousand, I can see it. There's two thousand people in this new thing in in a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now if I want to do coaching, two thousand people to say, "Hey, I got four spots this week." Yeah. X amount of money. Yeah. Okay, I pulled information from this nine dollar membership and I created this course for fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. If I'm spending $9 a month, Ryan, I'm not going to balk at a coaching call. I'm not going to balk right. at buying a course. Yeah. 
Exactly. Create your own ecosystem, your own stadium, and just do your thing. Who's my competition? Nobody. I've created my yeah. own thing. That's, That's why I love stadiums, especially sports. It's like baseball. You look at old stadiums, everyone's different. Now it's a little more the same. Create your own. So that's what I do. Help people create their own stadium. And it. and then you don't have to worry about competition because you're the more unique you can be to yourself and your audience and your and your and your passion, you're gonna own yeah. that. You're gonna own that industry. Love it. Okay. So for your cousin, we've got the content down. So the connections, what would you tell him to do for building those relationships and who's he building relationships with? Yeah. Great question. So I, it's all been built for me around a thing called, and we might've talked about last time called the hour of giving. Mm. And what I learned years ago was, um, I, you know, I was very, I, I was in the selfish side of business. Like a lot of people are, I'd reach out to get this connection or I'd reach out to get on this show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was like, I'm kind of doing this for my own selfish reasons. Right. And, and, and I didn't really like that. And it doesn't really come across that well. I didn't do it egregiously, but I knew what my intentions were and it wasn't great. But then I'd see people that would just reach out to me just to check in. Mm-hmm. I'd see people that would connect me to somebody else just to do it. Yeah. And I started thinking about how I thought about those people. I said, those are the people that I, I praise, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I want to do it for them. Yeah. So I started doing, instead of waking up and doing a journal of here's what I'm going to get done, or here's, you know, the eight tasks I'm going to do. I just said, I'm going to take an hour and I'm just going to reach out to people and I'm going to mm-hmm. check in on them. I'm going to connect people together. I'm going to leave reviews. I'm mm-hmm. going to do all the things that I would want for myself yeah. first for others. Yes. That was life changing to do because all of a sudden I'm not even joking. I would reach out and they'd be like, oh, I was just thinking about you. You know, I, you wrote a book, right? Oh, can I have you on my podcast? I'm like, sure. You didn't even I ask them. Didn't even ask them. That's awesome. I need to I need to introduce you to this person. Oh, I'm so glad you reached out to me. If I could write a book called I'm so glad you reached out to me because I'm telling you there's six figures of income beyond that has happened just from people saying that. Wow. Need, oh, my, my friend needs you to speak at their conference. Because <laughs> what you can do at that point is say like, I'm, I have this idea to write content on the New York Jets. Yeah. Can I run an idea by you? I do it yeah. all the time. Can I get feedback? I don't ask for anything. I don't ask for sales. Yeah. And go, oh, I know somebody that works in the in the front office. Yeah. Or, I know, or somebody else did this. You could try that. So that's what I do with connection. That's awesome. And, and then- there's very few, there's very few asks. There's very few, can you do this for me? When yeah. you do this, you collaborate and you do it for each other without even thinking about mm. it. Another thing I would tell your cousin too that I've learned it's been helpful for me if people think I got to do content and connections, well, you can actually blend those two together. So if you have a podcast, yes, let's say I'm your cousin, I would be thinking about who I could invite on the show. Think strategically. People that like, you know, radio, uh, radio, uh, hosts that are your this even think big invite the coach invite players from the jets onto your show because then, it, then it's not about your you're giving them access to your stage and yes. that's a big deal and even if you know unless they're like tony robbins a lot of people are going to say yes to being on a on a podcast um and it's it then you're offering then you start you're giving you're get you're yep. starting from the service mindset and then if the conversation goes well at the end like Hey, let me tell you about what I'm doing. I'm excited about if you if the, you feel that connection, you want to go into more of a hey, this is something I've been thinking about. You you want to help me? You can, but you literally just build that relationship, and it'll it'll end up going to cool places. Totally, and, and exactly. And if you think of it this way, right? I'm cool today. Don't need anything today. Three years from now, something's good. Something good's gonna yes. happen. Yes. Yeah. Just that mindset of 
even that interview, I wouldn't even ask anything that day. Mm. Wouldn't, but I'd keep in touch. Yeah. And and I'd send a thank you note. And yeah. then two months later, I would check and see how they're doing. This is not even to get anything. You're just doing yeah, what you should so be good. doing. You write six months later, connect them to somebody else to be another show. A year from now, hey, do you know anybody that can help me? Like, oh, I've been I've been thinking about it. I have this person. It, it's wild how it like mm-hmm. that's even I had a quest to shoot in every stadium in the country when I was doing photography. This is where it first started. Yeah. I just connected with all the team photographers. Mm. that's what i did while everybody else was shooting in their local venue i was like who's the giants team photographer and i would reach out and then i would connect them to somebody else and i would know somebody in that town and i would bring them together yeah. or i started getting into the podcast world I'm like you need to interview this person they have they're the team photographer for your city you know team in your city make all these connections so whenever it was time to go to candlestick park i'd be like hey mike zagaris who's an internationally known photographer who literally was told to start being a photographer by eric clapton Really? He was doing photography in the late 60s, doing music photography, uh-huh. and just at, just for fun, and Clapton looked at his slide, looked at his uh his negatives. He's like, dude, you should do this for a living. He's like, really? He goes, yeah. oh, you're better than these other guys. That's how he got started. That's so awesome. I connect with, with Z, is his nickname, and no joke, this is how it worked. The Niners were playing in the playoffs. It was Colin Kaepernick's last playoff victory, uh-huh. and I'm like, I wanted to shoot I wanted to shoot in Carolina. I hadn't been to the stadium. I, I emailed him after meeting him the year before, connecting for a couple of years. I said, hey, you need another photographer for the for the playoff game. He goes, come on down. So he got me a press pass. I rode the team <laughs> bus, uh-huh. stayed in the team hotel, Yeah, went to, on all access sidelines when I didn't even work for the Niners or the Panthers. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> that, was, that was wealth of connection stuff. But the more oh, I man. connected with the team photographers, the more I knew everybody. Mm. And the more, anytime I wanted a door opened, I could just ask for it. That's so so that's where the concept originally came from. Wow, man. Okay. I want to know how can people find your new membership and where can they, cause I think this is going to be so worth it to them to jump in there and find their, yeah. their life freedom. Yeah. Totallifefreedom.com is the website. The, the membership is called total life freedom school. And I can send you a direct link if you want. We, we did it in a way where Ryan holiday talked about this. He's like, What's the cheapest you can create something and still stay in business? Mm. And I never, I read that <laughs> six years ago in Perennial Seller, and I was like, that's kind of an odd question. And, but he talked about why that made sense. So mm. we had built a higher tier mastermind, a higher yeah. price. We had built a mid level community. So the idea of this was how can we do something so reasonably priced that it's kind of a no brainer? That was our, so it wasn't people like, oh, you should charge more from this. I don't really don't care. I want to get as many people in this level as possible so yeah. we can start teaching this stuff. But what I learned in the first yeah. week of launch, Ryan, which is crazy, is you know, we had a podcast and people listen and they don't listen and this and that, but I never really got a whole lot of action taken from it, mm-hmm. right? We do a $9 membership and then we looked at the stats after a week. The majority of the people that signed up watched the video, which I was stunned by. Mm. Almost all of them watched till the end, 16-minute video, and only one watched until like about a minute left. Mm. And I said, the only difference is they paid for something. Mm. So I'm not trying to sell your audience here. It was, it was a really interesting yeah. thing where yeah. when you we all give away content for free. You're doing it the pot and it's valuable to do it. But what I learned is even at a low, low price, just having some buy-in had people take action. And yes. as content creators, what do we want to do? We want yep. people to take action. We want people yep. to make to to do things, to take action and, right. and and accomplish things. So 
but yeah, so I'm like, I, I'm unabashed and like people should do this because I can't imagine why you wouldn't. So it's the yeah. first thing in my life in business where I'm like, I have no problem telling anybody. It's $9. Right. And if people give me a hard time about it, like, okay, that's your thing. But <laughs> as I watch you walk away with that Starbucks, I'm like, you, we know what the decision is. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so it's a weekly, so it's essentially a, a step-by-step weekly video lesson course, how to do exactly what we're talking about. And I talk mm. about you know, five levels. Level one is the employee that wants to do more, mm-hmm. not the employee that wants to stay being an employee. They want to be in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah. Level two is the service-based business owner. I don't even call it entrepreneur because that's where we were at. Mm-hmm. We owned a business. We created a business. And what we really did was create a job. It yep. was great. It got us away from our job, mm-hmm. but all the assignments fell on me and my wife. Mm-hmm. And if I got hurt, right, somebody's got to cover it. Now it makes it worse. Level two to level three is the online recurring income mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Now you're taking, instead of one to one, you're going one to many. Yep. And then you go to level four, which is you take that one thing, you freed up time, you freed up money, and now you're building the stadium. Now you're taking this level and you're building new ones to it. And that yeah. leads you to you know, unlimited income opportunities, yeah, freedom and time and, doing, and, and living the life that you want. Yes. That's because you are now, you are not freed up. If an opportunity comes by, that you want to take advantage of, you have that mental space, you have the time to do it if you feel called to do that. 100%. One that was really impactful for me, remember Warren Buffett and Bill Gates were having, they were on an interview one time, I think with Charlie Rose, and the difference between the two, uh, Bill Gates had his schedule and everything was scheduled out. Every day, every hour, and I know entrepreneurs like that, and I never related to that. That sounded like prison to me, but Mm. they loved it. Mm-hmm. And then he laughed. He said, Warren, tell him about your schedule. And he pulls out his notepad from the back of his pants and he yeah. opens it up and there's hardly anything in it. And he said this, that it really changed my mindset. He goes, uh-huh. I figured a while ago that the most valuable thing I can give people is my time. Uh-huh. And by keeping that time open, I'm able to do things the way I wouldn't be able to do if I was scheduled. So the best thing I could do is leave my schedule open. So I'm there for people. So when people schedule me for time, and they go, hey, here's my calendar for next Thursday at three. I'm mm. like, you're out of your mind. Like next Thursday, I could be going to the beach with my family. There's no way I'm cutting that up for a random call. So what I will say is, hey, are you free now? And they almost always go, yeah. Like, how about we just do it now and not wait? So, so that's how I do it. So we have a call. Mm. Let's go do it. And that's then we'll so move good. on. But I'm not, I'm not scheduling it weeks in advance because that's yeah. what your calendar says. I'm like, no, I want right. today I'm free. So I'll talk, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not killing a day in three weeks, just because that's what your calendar is, is on that's there. That's so good. Love it. So guys, go to totallifefreedom.com. On link will be in the show notes. Um, Vincent, this is awesome. I appreciate this. You're always welcome back. Anytime. I, I love our conversations. I feel like we can keep going and going, but yeah, yeah the, for sure. The time limit. Talk more sports too at some point, but <laughs> if you ever want to do just the sports-based call and you just <laughs> fire right. questions about experiences, right. I'm, I'm open for it. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.